0: Hello, welcome back to Turf Talk. We're now more than halfway through our Cheltenham Festival previews. As per usual, we still can't get rid of him. James Watson's here, are we, mate?
1: Doing really good. Um, I'm, I'm clinging on. Hopefully, we, we're still hanging on to some winners uh, for the Thursday of the festival, which is going to be Paddy's Day. Uh, plenty of Guinness to be consumed and uh, plenty of Irish dancing uh, if I have plenty of winners. So... Uh, let's hope that that happens. Uh,
0: you you doing the Irish dancing will be a sight to see, Jim. That might make the the entire festival. Uh, we're also joined by a late sub. It's the former jock champion. Racing with Mike, how are we, mate?
2: I'm all right. I'm all the better. Thanks for um, remembering my official title. It's just about one of the only few achievements I've got in life. So it's nice <laughs> to be recognised as a jock champ.
0: No, Mike's got loads of previews up of pretty much every Cheltenham Festival race, and I'll go and give him a good read. He's put a lot of time and effort into them, and I say he's a good judge. Hopefully, yeah, if hopefully, I'm winners with him on a, I mean, on the Thursday.
2: <laughs> Thursday's probably my least favorite day, but um, I've just stumbled across one in the plate that I'll uh, I'll be happy to give a good shout out for later. And thanks no. for uh, plugging the. Uh, the articles before I have as well. I didn't expect you to do that. I thought I'd have to do it myself and be a little cheeky. <laughs>
0: I'm 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 a professional now, Mike. I'm a professional. Don't you worry. Oh, to say I, anything. I'm so, aware. <laughs> it's all good. Uh We'll start with the turn Turners novice obvious chase, obviously that kicks the card off. Again, a week in advance. Still a tough race to analyse, given the Galopande Shomp dilemma. And the possible Long Presse dilemma, uh, but they currently bet Bob Olinger and galopan Champ five to four to win this race. It'll probably stay similar enough if they both turn up. Bob will surely be long odds on if Galopan goes up in trip. Long Presse apparently they're favouring the three mile race, but he's nine to two. Brave Man's Game won't run here, nor will Blue Lord. Probably not off on colour. Then you're looking at Jungle Boogie at twelves. Again, other Arthur candidates, Riviera, Telling Saints, Sam, a similar price. Fury Road, Guyard, Duman, 0 sixteens, 20s, do Art and Statler. I mean, boys, <laughs> the, the main takeaway you can get from that is that if everything defects, Bob will be fours on. Yeah,
1: pretty have, have much so. Have been reading my notes? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's an odd race to sort of get your head around this early on. Um, I'm happy in the position that I, I'm pretty sure Galop Under is going to go for the three-mile race. I'm, I'm, I've got it set in my head now. Lahon Press, I, I think he, I didn't really talk about him much the other day uh, when we were talking about the uh, the three-mile chase, and and I probably didn't give him enough respect as I should do. I thought he'd he'd be more than likely going to this. You've seen what he's done so far at Sandown. Uh, in the Silly Isles and what he did in the Dipper uh, over two five and two four, uh, I was I'm really really impressed with how he jumps. He's one of the, he's up there with Brave Man's games jumping this season. Uh, and Galapando's jumps first time out uh, jumping has been excellent, uh, and he's, he's quite clearly improved a, a hell of a lot for doing that. Uh, again, the Venetia Williams stable is a little bit hot and cold at the minute, which would be a little bit of a worry for me. Um, however, I think he's very nice. And, and, and I'd rather, I think, I know he has one at Cheltenham, but I think I'd save him for entry. I, I think he's had a he's had a busy sort of January, February. And I, I heard a sigh there. But
2: What a <laughs> terrible, terrible shot. I, I sighed in my head as well. It's but, Cheltenham, man.
1: But I think I'd save him, especially
2: with the stable, apparently with this
1: illness, a little bit of a cold a few of them have had. She said the Cheltenham horses haven't. I, I think he's, he's a too nice a horse to risk running in a competitive race like this and possibly... Oh, keep...
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> Everybody's going to come and burn your house down. He's a well, too nice a horse to run at the Cheltenham Festival. Well, all oh my days. This is the lowest of the low points in this four years we've been doing this podcast. I don't think it's ever got any worse.
1: Well, <laughs> um, well, all right then. Um, La press is a very nice horse, and and maybe maybe this won't be necessarily up his street at, at specifically at this time. Um, back to Bob Ollinger <laughs> Um, he's an exceptional horse. He's got a serious serious engine. We've seen it all last year. Uh, we saw what he did uh, uh, in the Lawless and Nace, and then what he did in the Ballymore. Very, very impressive. Chasing this season, there's been a lot of people sort of doubting him. Uh, his jumping isn't as good as GDC. Um, he's been good, though, hasn't he? It's not, it's not been appalling. I've not thought, like, he can't jump to save his life. Uh, only two races, over fences, little experience. But so is most of this field, and normally you're doing a novice chase, so... Uh, it's the risk you take. Like you said, you can get five to four Bob Ollinger now, which I don't think is the most ridiculous price. Uh, and like Lewis mentioned before, a lot of these won't be running. I think we could have five, six runners in this. I, I don't think it'll be a competitive race. You look, you're looking down the field and there's a lot of them multiply, multiply enter, entered. Um, so I think Bob Ollinger, if you fancy him back in now, he's going to be running in this race whether you like it or not, and whether we will have more competition is a, is a different question. Um, but I, I genuinely think Bob Ollinger is a, is a good bet now at five to four.
0: I, I don't disagree, mate. I don't disagree. Uh, Mike, hopefully you want to see horses run one at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, assuming Bob and GDC both turn up, whose camp would you be in?
2: Um, I think I'd be in Bob's. And I'm pretty sure that well, I'm not, I'm not pretty sure that um, he's going to turn up because obviously I don't have any sort of internal knowledge into William Mullins' yard. But the vibes are very strong now. It's almost scary for people that have backed him for the RSA, isn't it? Um I think he's going to come here. I think that all of the talk about him coming here is what's probably scared Venetia off into running in the RSA. And um I just think that Bob will just do him for a turn of foot, jumping the last. I, I don't think that he's perhaps quick enough, and I'm surprised that he is leaning towards this race with him, given his comments after the flow gas or whatever it was called this year. Um I don't think he's... I mean, he's an immaculate jumper, isn't he, really? But he over a couple at Leopardstown. And I think that the shouts about him and being so much superior compared to Bob are a little bit uncalled for, maybe, because... Bob only had two or three skew with jumps on his uh, on his debut and he was pretty flawless around Punchestown where he beat Cappadino. So I don't think there's too much between them in the jumps department. I'd probably say GDC was a little bit better than him. But regardless of that, I think if Bob's anywhere near him, maybe two or three lengths down, about two out, he'll do him up the straight.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting point you make, make with that. And I, I think this race will be interesting if GDC does turn up. Um, the way the tempo of the race will be. I, I've always said already, I, I don't think there'll be many runners. Gallop and Dechompe has gone forward in most of his races over fences this season. So, he's going to dictate it. And if you're looking at him in the three mile, he's going to have a hoist Señor to to, to, to to take on um, which I think could little little bit put him off. Um, and if he was to dominate here, I think Rachel will have to be at his best to just sit off his tail and just just get Bob in that rhythm and and try and get him jumping as as good as possible as early on.
2: Yeah, it's um. I felt like Lou was reading my notes at the start. I literally put, I don't know what's going to run. They're all going to the Arkle or the RSA. Bob will be one to four, five. <laughs> um, obviously that won't be the case if De Deschamps runs. But there was another little note I had on there, and I said, if there's only going to be four or five runners, which is actually looking likely at the minute, then. Um, to about Imperial Alcazar, non-runner no-bet, wouldn't be the worst bet in the world, getting three places each way. Because if there are only three or four runners, I can see him running here um, with a mark being too high for the plate, probably. He ain't going to be 25-1, to is he, when they all come out?
0: Mm. That's actually very, very likely to be fair, Mike, because, I mean, if we have a look at those that are entered, there's 23 of them entered... I think you could say what at least sixteen are shorter in the betting for another festival race, and most of the ones that are are fifty to one plus. So Bob, you know, assuming Galapan de jump goes up with Bob's gonna be the banker of the meeting. Uh I feel like everyone's wanted to slate Bob over the past few months. I've I've been with him from day one. Well, <laughs> Oh, that, that's not like me trying to be a, a shrewd because he was exceptional <laughs> last season, and he's you know he's won both his starts this year at, at odds of threes on and twos on. But I've, I was, I, I think the criticism of Bob has been well, well, well overstated. He is a good jumper. We will say that now. He jumped well. I thought at Goran in the main, Peck free out jumped a little bit to his left early and then was skewy over the last but he just needed to pop it and get to the other side that's what he did didn't make a mistake at punchestown in a better race you know he got time form gave him a j for that you know jumped well and yet people are questioning saying bob Olinger isn't an actual chaser i to me as well right people saying that about a horse who's had two winning runs over fences both of which have come against very good opposition you know okay i could i could you know, take that if he'd been clattering everyone, but not an actual chaser. If you're going to write a horse off that early after those two performances, you're the most miserable negative man on the planet. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll defend Bob. GDC does have the pace for this trip, and he, look, he's look he been exceptional in two starts so far. Personally, I'd send him over three, because I think he stays well, and I think Bob Ollinger may be quicker than him and I actually I, I think one of the one of Gallop and Bishon's main qualities is how long he can sustain a pace for and to me that's of more use against slower horses over a longer amount of trip if, if you know if GDC can go go quickly for six furlongs surely that's of more use against horses who are Running over further, likely tire than a horse, than a speed horse like Bob Olinger with a turn of foot. That's kind of how I'd see the race. Uh, long press again. He's a horse a lot of people like. He's he's been brilliant this season. I said I've read today they are currently leaning. The owner wants to go over three miles. I'd run him over two and a half. I, you know, he's been brilliant over this trip so far. I wouldn't. Uh, try and fix something that's not broken. And if Bob is, you know, as Puru Jumper as some people say, this is a horse that would almost be most inclined to take advantage given how accurate he is. Uh, other than that, it's hard to get enthusiastic about much. We've already spoke about the likes of Brave Man's Game and Blue Lord, Autoncler, Riviera Tell, St. Sam, Guyard de Manil. In different race, uh, in different relation to different races where they're likely to turn up. Jungle Boogie is in this as well. He's entered in every Cheltenham Festival novice chase after only three runs. Created a fine impression in them Although, Uh, look, I'd, I'm, I'm with Bob Ollinger. Even if Galapande Champ turns up, I'm, I'm with Bob. And if GDC doesn't turn up, well, Bob is the
2: certainty of the meeting. I echo. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, with, I'm with you on that, yeah
0: I love it, I love free, a triple agreement on Bob Olinger that was the last thing I thought would happen you know, Bob not being able to jump is this season's festival myth for me, we had it last year last year's was, Bally Adam was gading on Appreciate at the Dublin Racing Festival <laughs> but it wasn't, Appreciate It put another four was between the pair of them and yet, you know the four weeks leading up to the festival it was just Appreciate It's Bad Appreciate It's Bad And then a couple of days before the tide turned and people started uh, realising it was absolute waffle. I think something similar will happen again and people will start getting behind Bob again. Uh, It's because
1: people listen to this podcast, that's why.
0: (laughs) Not very many sensible people listen to this podcast. (laughs) Don't insult them like that. Uh, Moving on then to the 210 it is the Potemps network final handicap hurdle who has done the best cheating in the season? We can't <laughs> wait to find out <laughs> uh, they currently bet for that. Winter Fogg, the money horse this week is he the handicap shrewdie of the meeting? He's six to one five. Ala Philippe is eight, Dunboyne is eight, Sayada Burley is eight, Sporting John is nine, Volcano is 12, The Big Galloper, The Jam Man, Tully all 14s, 16s Dallas they picked on, and Panda Boy. Wide open handicap hurdle. I don't have the best record in this, Mike. Do you?
2: Um. Yeah, I don't want to brag, but I was on Mrs. Milner at 33s last year before uh, Big you Kevin tipped boy? her. Shrewd. Um, to be fair, it wasn't my own work. It was one of my mates. He tipped her in like December, and I kept putting it off, and eventually caved in December, uh, in January. That that, thought... that was shrewd with an E W from Jim there, not with a double O. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a... shrewd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because because I'm such a shrewd, um, I did actually request a bet Volcano before he's running the qualifier, and so you can imagine I was absolutely buzzing when he finished sixth in that. Um, but I'm not utterly convinced he's a stayer now, so I'm writing him off. And the two that caught my eye were Syed Burley for obvious reasons. He's come in to try and win this a third time. Um, and I believe that he's going to have a £7 claimer on him, so he's effectively going to be running off 149 which is £3 lower than when he beat the Storyteller in what was a far more competitive renewal. Um,
0: Rob James, I think, is taking the ride.
2: Yeah, I... I I'm really surprised they're coming here. He was second in last year's stayers. Like, it's a bit bit mind boggling. I can't believe that ten to one's still available with uh, one bookie. But one at price that caught my eye was Honest Vic for Henry. Oh, Day. Yes. you you're, you're are you reading my notes now, Mike? No, I'm really sorry, and you're gonna hate me later on as well. Um, in the cameo where I might fancy a Tizard horse. <laughs> But, honestly, he went chasing at the start of this season. He wasn't beaten by bad horses, but he certainly was nowhere near their level to beat him. Um, he was beaten by Does He Know and 3 under through 5, who I think are both rated one five two. Um And then he pulled up at Cheltenham on New Year's Day, so they sent him back over hurdles. He was 5th in a little qualifier, and he's for some reason he got dropped £5 pounds for that. That's more lenient than Langadan. But, He's now off the mark of 1 4 1, which is the exact same mark he had when bolting up at Cheltenham in October 2020. And I think at 25 to 1, he's certainly each way value.
0: Oh, I like that. Do you know what? Honest Vic was my Kim Muir horse at the beginning of the season. After he ran behind us you know, in 0 3 under through 5 at Chepstow, I thought he shaped very, very well, made mistakes. I thought, oh, look, he's going to be rated. High one hundred forties as a chaser, great Chortland form, he'll go in the Kim Muir and the only thing he did over fences was go backwards. Hmm. Uh, so I like I like the idea of him packing a handicap hurdle off a mark he should be competitive from. I think that's quite a fair shout. Horses reverting from fences do alright enough in this, don't they? You? you know, the storyteller uh, was was runner up in the race behind Sayada Burleigh. A few years ago you know it's not a it's not something that's completely unheard of really for horses to be competitive in this race, having you know not not properly made the grade over fences you know 2 a perme placed in the race you know it's 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 a fair fair enough shout uh jim i say you love a attempts qualified do you love a attempts final
1: well, I've, I've slated a lot of potential races this season, and I've had a fair amount of winners in them. Um, and I, I think Mike's bang on with on his fixed case. He, he was top of my shortlist. Uh, I couldn't believe they dropped him £5 pounds for that run at Huntington. And I, I mean, he was beaten 15 lengths overall, but it, he was just never really in the race. And, and you can you just got the feeling he's a lot better than what he is there. Uh, the handicap has dropped into that mark uh, of one four one. 4 We saw him Win at Cheltenham as he's already mentioned, beating Locks Corner impressively. This it, it's like he was fifth in the Coral Cup off one forty, and he was fifth behind Time Hill in the Long Distance Hurdle and Paisley Park. So I think he's got a very similar profile uh, to Sire De Burley, possibly. Well, obviously not as good, um, but the mark obviously reflects that. And I think that Honest Fit can really run a really run a race at twenty five. Happy that someone's in agreement with me. Uh, on the shortlist as well for this race was Philippe. I really liked what he did last year. He was, I thought at one stage he was just very, very slow, and he backed that up in the Albert Bartlett-Novice here, Haydock, which you have to be very slow to be winning. Uh, I didn't think he run too badly in the Albert Bartlett uh, in a race that I'm not sure is 100% working out too perfectly. Uh, however, I have tipped a fair amount of horses that have come out of that race. Um and I thought he was given a very cautious ride in the attempts to finish fifth I know there was only <laughs> you could seven say that <laughs> there was only there was only seven runners and and I remember the podcast that we previewed that race for uh and the only horse that we thought was trying pulled up in that race um so uh he got in the six uh meaning he qualified for this um he's been dropped two pounds for that which is music <laughs> to Fergal o'Brien's ears uh and I think at eight to one is. Uh, he deserves his place towards the head of the market and I think he's got a, a very, very good chance um, for Fergal O'Brien. And the other one that I thought was just slightly interesting that has shown a lot of progression this season is Bronson. Uh He was very, very eye-catching in that Cheltenham two-mile handicap novice hurdle early season uh, when absolutely flying home late. Um, he romped home up that hill and then he won at Catchwick and Southerl over two-mile, three-and-three miles uh, his mark then went sky high. Uh, they added 13 pounds on top of them for <laughs> them two wins. He ran at Musselburgh in the Potemps Qualifier race at the big uh, the big galloper one, uh, and I just don't think Musselburgh suited him really. It's a sharp three miles, and I think he's a proper proper galloper. And I know he's won over shorter, uh, but I think he wasn't seen to his best effect there. Um, he's still off the same mark here. Uh, and at thirty threes for a local trainer, I think he could run well at a price as well at thirty threes.
0: I like that, Jim. Brawson was my outsider that I, that I found most interested, mate. So he's he's another one I'm going to give a shout out to there. Uh, I think he'll go well at quite a big price. What did what what price did you mention? He was
1: thirty threes.
0: Yeah, I think I might have a little bit on that. I, I think he's going to be. Well at his best over over this sort of trip, and in this sort of strongly run race uh look, I'm going towards the top of the betting, you know two horses who I guess have kind of been obvious ones for this for a while. uh cider Burley's is one of them, as Mike said, he's just very, very well weighted, isn't he uh taking into account James's seven pounds claim what am play- not
1: riding him, mamma. <laughs>
0: I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I'm not going anywhere near him if you're on board. Uh but what you know what price would he be for a stayers this year? Tens? Yeah. So I'd
2: I'd have him at
0: fifth fav Yeah. So you know, t- to win this off 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 of fair mark, a track he absolutely adores. Cheltenham Festival form is ridiculous. Fourth in a Martin Pike, super tempts and a an, uh, Close enough runner up in the stayers' herd of last season. I think his form this year suggests he's close enough to being as good as he always has been. The second in the Liz Mullen, uh, you know, he was never going to try and win that qualifier at Warwick. Uh, this is what it's all about for him. I know he's 10, but he might just have too much ability for all these once again. You know, with, with the claim, if they don't claim off Ballyandy, Ballyandy will have to give side to Burleigh White. You know, and it's, it that's, that's kind of <laughs> illustrates how well he probably will be. And my other one is kind of at the other end of the spectrum, uh, but it's Dunboyne, unexposed handicap hurdler. I mean, I know people kind of have winter fog down as the wise guy horse for this now. I thought it was always going to be Dunboyne. He's looked potentially as, attempts he can get, hasn't he, this season. Uh Furless maiden winner the last season, midfield in the Brown lad handicap, and in uh, a competitive affair at Navin, a twenty three runner grade B. Then he just shaped, shaped so well in a qualifier. So I catch him and he finished fifth at Leopardstown over Christmas, under hands and heels, Jack Kennedy on board. Didn't go for anything. And he was just about making a move at the Dublin Racing Festival when he made a horrific error that knocked him out of the race. Uh, couldn't really recover from that finish down in midfield. But he was travelling well enough at the time. And again, it, it just, just caught the eye. It was almost a perfect pretense prep without perfectly putting him back. I bet Gordon was watching that. Seeing the mistake and thinking, get in. (laughs) He can travel well, finish midfield, and we don't even have to cheat. Uh, Look, I I, I think he's just going to be blatantly much better than his mark. When we go for it with him, he's he's looked at a plot for this from a long way out. Uh, He's rated, what, four pounds higher than his Irish mark in this, but you should see him in. Uh, currently needs to get out, out, but I'm confident he'll he'll end up in the race. And you know he's what a best price of eight. I think he'll go well as well. They're, they're my two, and I've I've backed side of and Dunboyne already. That I've not had too many bets yet on the Thursday, but I've wanted both of them on my side for for a while.
1: Yeah, I, I'm hoping that the English can t- turn the tides a little bit. Uh, we've seen a, a lot of Irish domination in the last year. You have to go back to Call the Cops in 2015 uh, for the last English runner of this race. And the, and the three on my shortlist are all, all trading this side of the uh, sea.
0: Lovely stuff, mate. Lovely stuff. We'll move on then to the 250, the Ryanair chase. Uh, well, if Galapande Champ does go to the Turners, that means Bob isn't the banker of the festival and it means a banker of the festival is here. Alaho is 4-6. to six. To be an ergamine, a plutar, none of whom will turn up. Then you're looking at shamblu at 17-2, to conflators at 9s, janadil 10s, tornado flyer 11s, fakir duderi 12s, eldorado allen and melon 14s, and envoi allen 16s. Uh, Jim, I'll come to you first here, mate. Shouldn't be too long talking about this. This is simple. Alaho is just vastly superior to be a load of horses who well those around him in the betting won't turn up and he's yeah. probably the gun horse in the race
1: yeah exactly that and and you saw what he did in this race last year uh, he absolutely dominated the race after jumping to the lead after the second and nothing could even get him behind you look at the horses that were in behind him last year with Fakir, Dudu and Tornado Flyer um, the same horses that he beat uh, in the John Durkin early season uh, I know that was the race that for Falange was going well in, and who, who knows what would have happened. Um, but the horses in behind, Janadil, uh, Envoire um all, all decent horses in behind, and he, and he beat them decisively. And then he was, his jumping was impeccable in, in the furlers race, grade two beating Fakir Doudary. Um he, Again, dominate from the front and, and catch me if he can. be interesting to see if someone will be willing to give him as easy lead uh, i wonder if if um, if Harry Skelton's fancying uh, kicking for home a little bit early to try and uh, put him off on Chamblou like he did in the Marsh. Um, however, it'd be interesting to see the pace of the race. Um, there's the interesting horse you have to say in this is conflated. They're like I, I, you can't put down to what he did in the Paddy Power Irish Gold Cup last time. Um, like he beat Manila Indoor, Janadil, Astirian for Longs. Like all solid horses in behind who are, who are more than likely going Gold Cup, um, and he beat them impressively. And I know there are stamina doubts, uh, and when I know that his his form is probably not not as well strung further down. But what he did last time was was mightily impressive. And if if Michael O'Leary gets his own way and runs in this race, I I think. He's a solid each-way, non-runner, no-bet price for me at the minute. Nine to one you can get about him. I I don't see why that shouldn't be taken. And If he does go for the Gold Cup, which I I, I can understand why he is, but I I, I personally wouldn't. I don't think he'd want that further distance in the first place. Um, But I think at nine to one, I think he offers a lot more value in a race that doesn't really appeal to me an awful lot, given that Aloha has such strong quantities
0: yeah Mike anything to add to that mate surely you're not taking an alcohol, Uh
2: no nah, he wins um, <sighs> conflated and Eldorado Allen are probably your two unexposed potential improvers but even still I can't see him improving enough past him um, I'd probably say Janadil was going to come second in this and I know that like not a lot of people on previews and stuff have mentioned him from a very few that I've listened to I thought he had a good chance at sec- uh, to come second, and Mr. Fisher, I just want to give a little mention to because he 's a really likable horse he 's won four of the five grade twos that he 's tried in over obstacles, but he 's not from six in grade ones he 's like the beat the bank of National hunt. <laughs> And I, I want to see him do well but he's probably just going to end up pulling up again isn't
1: he Lewis has got no idea who beat the bankers
0: I remember beating the bankers <laughs> you know, he
1: only comes out when the rain comes in comes in and, and the, the national horses appear
0: yeah oh, oh, man, I, I, that, 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 that one that one didn't get quite past me uh, look mate I'm, I'm I'm I say all over he's as, a as, as, uh, for me, the lump job of the meeting, just in terms of lack of opposition. He's got to beat horses. He's already beaten very, very well. Who might chase him home? Janadil is a very fair shout. Can see him finishing second. Possibly Mellon. I think, by my count, he's now not from 19 in grade one. <laughs> but one last time out. Please can someone find out whether that's a record. Uh, might be going for the Grand National, which I think is a bit of a strange shout. But, uh mm.
1: At least it's something different and not the same old crap that you see in it every year.
0: No, I want the same old crap. I want staying chasers, not horses you've got no idea what to do
2: with. Uh, that on boats. Oh, why? All seven or eight of them.
0: Brilliant stuff. Uh, no, Melon. <laughs> he's he'll likely run his race again at the festival. The one I thought was the each way price, and please don't laugh. Was on N. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, you said please don't laugh.
0: Uh. I don't know. He He's only had one go in a proper race, hasn't he? He
1: got stuffed in the John Durkin.
0: Eight and a half lengths behind Alahoe. If he's eight and a half lengths behind Alahoe at Cheltenham, he'll finish second. No. Was, and that. I know Jamadil and Mellon were ahead of him, but it wasn't... There wasn't masses between him and the pair of them. And we kind of know Mellon, Mellon won't win, don't we? Uh, and to be fair, On sh- shouldn't be winning this either, but he-, he may still have the potential to be the second best in this book. He was only workmanlike over a trip short of his best when beating Battle Over Doyen at Leopardstown. I think if you want to read into that in form terms, uh, y- you shouldn't be doing so, because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it ended up a match race between two horses who don't want that trip? So I, I don't really get, you know, people. I, mean, I understand why people were crabbing him because visually it wasn't very impressive, but I don't really get what people were massively expecting. Uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't had a proper race other than the John Durkin over fences. <laughs> I know people now now have decided he's novice form. Was very bad as well. That Dream Mo was was a good race, wasn't it? For an early season Grade One novice chase, Assemble's rated what mid 150s now. Bolted up. He up won the Kerry weight. National, didn't he? Yeah, in the Kerry National, one hundred and fifty five, home by the Lee. I know. Was second home. in the
1: Galway, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, gone back over hurdles, and he's clearly a very decent horse. And Cocoa Beach, one of the most progressive handicap chases in Ireland last season, won the fiestes. You know, and he'll get a run in the national uh, this this season. So it's again, it's not the stellar, sparkling form as we thought it thought it was. But I kind of think things have gone the other way now with Unviralen, and given that he's still unexposed ish in Grade One chases over his trip. You know, he's only had one go. Yeah, he was underwhelming, beaten seven to four five, but it he wasn't stuffed stuffed, and. A similar level of performance he's probably going to be enough to see him make the frame here, I reckon.
1: Interesting. Um, I don't know. Has he improved any more since being with Henry de Bromhead? Possibly not.
0: Definitely which,
1: not. Which I think is possibly... I'm not saying is the reason, because Henry de Bromhead's an excellent trainer, but um, he... He hasn't improved him anymore, and he hasn't necessarily showed the same form as he did as a novice, so uh, a, a head-scratcher for me, anyway. Well.
0: No, look, look, I guess this is very much a make-or-break sort of assignment for him, but I, I, I think kind of if he runs to form, he'll at least be in the first four, and I think outside of Alahol, he's the one who I can probably see advancing their their rating further than Janadil or, or Mellard or or well Chambloo has to advance his rating because he's what one four seven. Uh I'd I'd I would take that Charlie Hall run as brilliant as it was with a with a massive pinch of salt. Uh I I'd really like Chamblo as a horse, but I'd be running him in a handicap.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think something like a Labbrooks Trophy for him next season.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think he's. he'd stay that far. Do you not? No, no. Two a uh, quick three to a a stamina test at two and a half is
1: mm-hmm. exactly
0: what he wants. Bolt, let him bowl along.
1: I think oh, he'd well. stay three three well. He stayed the, when he in his novice chases he stayed three pretty well, and when
0: you're
2: ish free though, yeah, Around he's never it him at Kempton when he
1: beat the big breakaway. The big snooker table.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I do like the horse, but I'm not convinced he's properly up to open grade one quality. Yet you know the horse he beat in the Charlie Hall fusel raffles is gonna be back in a handicap at the festival. Uh I, I I think look I'd rather I say I, I prefer him over this trip but I still not convinced he'd be <laughs> he'd be within the first uh Three or four of the I, Irish.
2: I can't believe he's shorter than conflated and Janadil.
0: No me neither, that's insanity. Yeah. Uh the three thirty boys is the Stayers hurdle. Wide open this year. Everyone's kind of fluffed the lines to to, one, to some degree or another. Flooring Porter is seven to two, Time Hill is nine to two, Champ is five to one, classical dream is five to one, Paisley Park is seven to one. Asterian for lunch is <laughs> ten to one. Royal Kahala is 10, Sporting John is 12, and then 28-1, to bar them. Mike, I'll come to you first here. Do you have a strong opinion? Is it possible to have a strong opinion?
2: Um, I have an opinion. Whether whether it's strong or not, that's up for debate. Um, I just landed on Florian Porter, to be honest. I think that he's probably capable of doing it again. I, I can't really have Champ over hurdles at Cheltenham. He was so below par last time and it just reminded me of when he let City Island street clear of him in the Ballymore. I, I just don't it's weird considering how well he finished in the RSA but both of oh, finishing Don't effort...
1: mention it Mike.
2: Stop mentioning it I had to. I had to <laughs> um, Yeah I'm just a little bit unconvinced by Champ and obviously he's um, 10 and I don't think a 10 year old's ever won this race have they not for a Hell of a lot of years anyway. So I just sort of came down on Florin Porter and I'd sh- Paisley Park, if he can recreate the Cleave run, possibly in with a, a shout as the best of the British, but if not, Time Hill's the most consistent. It it wouldn't be a strong shout by any means, but Florian Porter would probably be who I'd side with.
0: Yeah, fair enough, mate. I, I find it hard to split them. I would definitely prefer a Florian Porter of the Irish. Over classical Dream, who's horse I've just still never, ever been able to get my head remotely around. Uh, Jim, are you going for Paisley to retain his crown? It's
1: just a race full of reprobates, isn't it, really? <laughs> um, it's like Florian Porter's got plenty of quirks, and we, saw, we even saw it to some extent um, last year uh, at Leopardstown when he won the Grade 1, uh, and when even to some extent as well when he won the Stayers last year. Um, he's fluffed his line this year. He's probably going to win at Navin when he fell in the Liz Mullen. Um, he was classical Dream got the head start on him at, at, at Christmas in the Christmas Hurdle. and He was never going to catch him. So um, he offers obvious appeal winning this race last year, but he's a bit of a nutcase. So I, I'd, I'd be I'd be wary. I I think seventy two represents a fair price about him, um, but. I probably wouldn't be backing him in the end. Time Hill, I was being, just being disappointed with him this year. And When me and you were at Aintree, we thought that was a, a proper performance uh, to beat Roxana uh, in the Liverpool hurdle. And I, I was really, really impressed with him. And then he was disappointing uh, at Otoy. And then he I, I had every chance to get past Champ, and he really couldn't. And Champ's a horse that we know that I aren't a, a massive fan of. Classical dream last time, possibly the... Um possibly the ground put him off it it was proper heavy that well it was only defined as soft, but it was a lot softer than you think, uh I think. Um with him and, and like Louis said, I, I really don't know where I stand. Paisley Park, what's gonna stop him from not doing the same as what he did last time at the start this time? Uh and if he does do it, he's probably got no chance in a in a busier, more competitive field where the pace will probably be more relentless. Uh Asterian Falange well, at least he, he might be able to jump a hurdle, but uh, we saw what what he did um, <laughs> at Cheltenham in the Supreme against Shishkin, uh, causing all that palaver early on. Royal Kahala needs proper heavy ground. Uh, Sporting John probably goes to the Potemps. and then you took Mellon into it, and and probably oscars run last time wasn't wasn't that bad, um, and uh, previous winner of the race maybe thirty three to ones at a bit of an overreaction in price for a horse that comes alive at this, this time of year. Um, so, uh, overall, it's, it's not a very strong race of an opinion. Don't get me wrong, if, if I've been this massive fan of Paisley since the beginning, and I've, I've thought he'd never get to the heights that he has, but I got some thrill out of him winning the Cleave, and there'll be another thrill of him coming to win this day's hurdle this year. Uh, oh, I need a film about him, almost. Um, there's, he's had more comebacks than Lazarus, and uh, at seven to one, I, I will probably be backing him. It's not a race I'm overly enthusiastic about. I respect Florin Porter, but he's got plenty of quirks about him. But so sort have of most of the field. So, um, <laughs> a lot of fence sitting for, for me for a change.
0: I think it's hard not to be on the fence in this. I think you have. I think. If you like one, you, you have to be dead, dead, dead keen on one. But I think that's a very, very hard thing to do given how in and out a lot of the other ones towards the top of the betting have been. I consider Florian Port of the right Fav based on winning this race last year and running very well at Leopardstown over Christmas. <laughs> I think I'd be with Time Hill and Champ. I'd be my two. I think you could you could probably make a case at overall champs horse with the best staying hurdle form this season. Obviously, won the long walk, and then yes, he looked likely to win the Cleve last time out, looked the winner for ninety percent of the race, but he got beat by a real a real course specialist who kind of had the race run to suit. You know, even though he got himself detached early, the longer. P- uh, Paisley Park has to get going and scrubbed along. That's his strength. Yeah, I can understand why some people may say Champ finished a bit, bit weakly. It probably was a bit disappointing. He still wasn't a mile away from, from turning Paisley Park over there though. And if he wins, he's, what? Sub, sub twos-ish? Five to two? Two to one-ish? So, I guess you could kind of argue he might be a bit of value at, at fives now based on just like a poor a poor final furlong. Obviously, if he doesn't get up the hill again, that would be more worrying. But I think his overall body of form, he might be slightly overpriced. but he shouldn't be improving too much. He's 10 now, which makes him the giant oldest in the field. It doesn't feel like he's that old, but he is. Uh, but in terms of raw ability, he's surely the one with the most in this race. So, I, I could I could back Champ at fives. I could definitely back him. Uh, and Time Hill. Again, Chel. I was half worried about Cheltenham for him last year. I kind of thought he was a speed speed three miler. Uh, you know, although he, he did run well in the Albert Bartlett. Here on his only, only other visit to the festival. Sorry, not his only other. Most recently, he also ran in the bumper, didn't he? Uh you know, and he likely would have won that race with a different with a different trip. Uh last season, look, absolutely absolutely brilliant campaign winning winning the Liverpool hurdle on the long distance. Arguably unlucky not to have won the long walk. And I thought he shaped well again in this season's long walk. Coming back from a break, a fresh horse. Uh this is a sort of I mean he's a sort of horse that if he brings his A game, he won't be out of the three. So, I think he's very, very, very solid. Probably more straightforward than flooring porter champ or classical dream as well. Uh, briefly, Jim Paisley?
1: Yeah, I I think that's where I land. More heart-ruling head.
0: Lovely stuff, mate. Lovely. And, flooring porter for you, Mike? Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd probably go with, I've got Time Hill and Champ probably, I'll, I'll back at this stage. They'd be the two for me. Uh, I find it a hard race to have a, a strong opinion on, though. As we move towards the 410, it is the plate, and they currently bet 61 Celebre Dallin to beat Imperial Alcazar at eight. So the Glancing Queen is nines, Birchdale, tens, Bustleton the Shunter, twelves, fourteens, Fusil, Raffles, Grand Paradis, sixteens, A Wave of the Sea, Vienna Court, 18 to 1, simply the bets. 20 to 1, bar them. Mike, you've got a strong fancy, mate. Who is it?
2: Oh, uh, it's Fusil Raffles, the one that I landed on. Yes. Yeah, uh, I like that. It's always nice to get James Watson's approval. (laughs) Um, I was just looking through his form, because an angle I really like in this race is just backing horses who've been running in all of like the Caspian Caviars, the Racing Post Gold Cups, and the Paddy Power Gold Cups, whatever they're called now. The November, December, and the January handicaps are all on, like, other than the November one, I think they're all on the new course, over two mile, four and a half furlongs. And uh, Fusil Raffles was actually sent off favourite for the Racing Post Gold Cup in December, off a mark of one five two. He was four and three quarter lengths behind Cool Cody, and is now three pound lower than that for his run-in-the-sky bet chase at Donny. And I just think that, like, 14-to-1 massively overestimates him because his Cheltenham form is very, very good. Um, he beat Lieutenant Rocco three-and-a-quarter lengths when giving him £8 in December 2020. He was second in last year's Marsh, which admittedly fell apart. And I just think that that angle is, it's paid dividends in this race so many times with your Syrah Deluxe, your um, Janica was second, I think Spirit of the Games has placed in this race once, maybe twice. And I think Simply the bets he would won on trials day before winning here. So those sorts of races often tend to be the key here. And I can just see him for connections, Nicky Henderson, Simon Munier, Isaac Swade. I can just see him shortening. I can see him going off single figures on the day because it's far from an impressive renewal of the plate.
0: I like that shot. Mate. It makes sense. I quite like that. Angle you mentioned as well of horses who've been there done it at Cheltenham that's that's something I think I'll be bringing into my pick as well. Uh, Jim, what about you?
1: I echo exactly the same as as what uh, Mike's just said. Um, I can't really boost it up. The the only other horse that sort of fits that profile for me, uh, which he mentioned, was simply the bets who uh, won this race. Um, he's a pound higher this year, and um, and he he won the no he didn't win this race last year. Uh, Sorry, he won the novice handicap, didn't he? Um, he ran second uh, on New Year's Day to Vienna, uh, Vienna Court off a mark of one five three I thought that was a really good performance. And then he's down now down to one fifty. Um, he raced in the Cotswold last time, which was an odd bit of placement for me. I mean, I know he likes Cheltenham. Um, and they decided to hold him up and keep him towards the back of the field. And I, I don't feel like he needs to go forward, but I think he likes to be... Along with the pace and with the hurly burly, I like. I think he likes to be in a, a, a competitively run race. You've seen that he runs in these big field handicaps, and he always runs consistently. Uh, and back to a mark of one fifty, winning, uh, winning um, off one four nine. I, I, I think, I think at eighteen to one offers a, a little bit of value for a horse that's won a festival race before. I understand why Celeb Dalland is the favourite. Um, but I, i'm something about it, I feel like that race fell apart in the Warwick Castle for him last time. I think they just went far too quick up front. Dini Lacey was travelling very well, um, and and just I was expecting more out of him. I think the pace just had a little bit of a meltdown. I'm not sure about that form uh, over hurdles at Haydock. Um, and I, I mean, he's got back chasing form in, in France, but at six to one is a, a very short price uh, for me in in against some experienced veterans uh, in this sort of division and, and fuse raffles and simply the best fits that fits that profile for me.
0: Fair enough, Jim. I kind of disagree with with your assessment of Celeb Dallin. I think he's a right favourite, and I find it hard to see him not going well here. Uh, they just kidded him into that race at Warwick last time, didn't they? He's gone up £6 for it, but you got the impression Tom O'Brien was trying to win by as minimum a distance as possible, really. And, you know, given its given that it's, con- you know, all those connections who've done well in this race over the years with ex-French types, uh, I'd be shocked if he were not capable of improving on his current mark with one four one. I think it is. He's not my main pick, though. I, I, I heavily respect him, but the one I like most at the prices is the Glancing Queen. You know, a bit of a a bit of a favourite of the podcaster horse. We've give good mentions to on the uh, on festival previews the last few years. Look, three starts over fences this season. I think her form stacks up quite well. Won a listed event on Chase debut at Bangor, where she beat Muscada, who has since gone on to win a listed event herself, and Vienna Court, who was another contender for this race and an impressive winner of the New Year's Day Handicap. She then went and won another, a similar event at Warwick. Didn't have loads to beat that day, really. Did it at 7-4. to four. And then pitched into the Dipper, you know, run a cracking race to finish second behind Lom Presse, who, you know, is looking like a proper grade one animal. I think the forming behind that is potentially quite smart. You know, you've got the likes of Fantasticus and Come On Teddy finishing in behind. You know, and the, the Glancing Queen, for a minute, looked like she was going to give Lom Presse a, a race. You know, I'd I'd be shocked if she were not capable of improving on her opening handicap mark. Of one four one, Cheltenham form is all right enough. I think fifth in the Dawn Run last season. You know, eighth in Fernie Hollow's Champion Bumper. It's not the sort. It's not the sort of form to make you stand up and go, "Wow, this is a a brilliant Cheltenham horse." But I think she's handled herself adequately enough for for it to be confirmed that she acts on the track. Uh, she's. She's just very unexposed, isn't she? And I think we all we have a kind of we have already have a good grasp of of what she's capable of, and there could be more to come in this sort of big field event. You know, a strong pace for her to terrain. I think she gets a trip ball. I think that this is the sort of race she wants, and I'm looking forward to seeing her running it. Mike's theory about horses who run well in Caspian Caviars, etc., etc. Oh. Kind of brings me to call Cody being overpriced at 25s. Look, he's, he's up to 145 now. We know everything about him, but one of the things we know about him is that he consistently goes well in races like this. If I remember rightly, he was placed in this last season. Was he fourth or fifth or something along those lines? Uh, yeah, finished fourth uh, in the race won by the Shunter. You know, he's he's only three pounds higher in the weights having... Likely have gone close in the Paddy Power Gold Cup and then won the Racing Post Gold Cup. All right, not quite at his best the last two times, but he <laughs> he was still involved for a long enough way on trials Day, and that was his third running in six weeks, freshened up for this. It might be a bit of an overreaction. He's gone off favourites for very he's gone a favourite for very similar races the last twice, and now he's twenty five to one for one he was placed in last season. Uh, there's nothing nothing flashy about him, but everyone likes Cool Kode, and he's got very little to prove in races of this nature. Should give his running. The other one at a big price who I found of some interest was al and this is another one who it may be last chance saloon for in races like this. Went off 11-2 to for the ultimate last season, having won. Twice at Sandown, including a defeat of before midnight. Who's been massively progressive this season, and Killer Clown, who, you know, was one of the best handicapped horses I fought in training going into this season. Fernando Silva was also behind that day. He won that off a mark of one two nine, got all the way up to one four five for Cheltenham, ran midfield in the Ultima without shaping, really like a stayer. That being said, he was still well in there pitching coming to two out. I think he'll be better at this sort of trip. He was third behind Vienna Court in the New Year's Day handicap chase. Not seen to best effect in the Peter Marsh. Wasn't going to get home on, on slow ground round Haydock. And again, bumped into a, a rival in the shape of Espoir de Guy at Warwick last time, who had been shaping, shaping well and was probably a, a little bit of a, a handicap blot. He's back down the weights again to one three seven eight pounds lower than he ran at the festival last time. In races of this nature, he's unexposed. I'd be glad to see him have another go in a sort of big field handicap
2: over this sort of trip. I think this is what he wants.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair, fair case
2: made. I've just looked at uh, his form and I can fully see that. He <laughs> might have even talked me into one.
0: Yeah, look, I I I, I like him Look, I, I think I think there are there are quite a few at twenty five plus. I'd, I'd give half mentions to Andy Dufresne in a handicap interest met and I don't think one five five is a poor mark. I still retain faith that Andy might end up being quite a decent racehorse. And again Alahad Quest, if he gets in, has a you know, has had a lot of racing this season, but he's a generally a consistent type who has who tends to go well at this track. He's another one who at twenty fives plus, it wouldn't shock me if he ran into the first seven, you know, if you get the extra places, as most bookies will be offering. I completely see the cases for those towards the top of the market, your Imperial Alcazars, your Birchdale's, your Bustleton's, the shunter as well, who's not too uh, far higher in the weights than when winning this last season. But it, it's a sort of race. It's, I, it's always the strongest festival handicap, I think. Uh and it's a sort of race where I don't... I think there tends to be less between the horses who are 12s and the horses who are 25s in this than there will be in the likes of the Potemps.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Galahad Quest as well. Uh, I'll just touch on him since I've only mentioned one horse. Um, I was contemplating giving him a mention at 33s because he's got a lot of good Cheltenham form as well. I think he was fifth behind Midnight Shadow in um, in November. He was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he was six behind Vienna Court and second behind Torn Afraid. So he's running all of them big Cheltenham races. And I actually thought that he was like in the mould of Kustar Cibola. I thought that he'd step up to three miles last time out. He'd absolutely relish it and then have a crack at the Ultima. But I think he's been pulled from that. Um, So I'm not sure if he's going to run here. But I thought if he he got in 33 to 1 would look pretty big for him.
1: I'm well and truly off the cliff with Galahad Quest.
2: I've only just started. (laughs) <laughs> first time well, I backed him a, was his last a, start at a Kempton ball Now, a bought now alright so he wins the plate yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> no look you, you, you're right Mike and the only issue is 1-4-3 may not see him into this I said this last season and I'll say it again this year the plate is harder to get into than the Grand National it's the toughest handicap to get into this season just because of the depth of it uh, so Galarquist may not see him in but hopefully we've all given you enough pointers there for a, a little bit of a a long list of horses to have in mind for the plate. Always one of my favourite festival races. Moving on to... Everyone's favourite.
1: Everyone's favourite race at the festival now. Yep, I want to say,
0: the one we've all been waiting for, it's the Parnell Properties Mes Novices Hurdle. The name just rolls off the tongue. Registered as the Dawn Run. And they currently bet for it Dino Blue five to two, Brandy Love hundred to thirty, Party Central eleven to two, LA Bell, I don't think she's going here, is she is eights, Grongy eight, eights, Impervious eights, Love Envoy fourteens, twenties, Mighty Blue, Nurse Susan and Statue. Mike, I'll come to you first, mate. Uh enthusiastic about anything?
2: Uh I am actually, and I'm a bit disappointed because I listened to your uh, your day one preview with Dan. I listened to it like the first half an hour, forty minutes of it ye- yesterday night. And you when were like Jim started talking
0: about lost and he thought I'm turning his shite off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I contemplated turning it off when you said, Oh, we've got twenty seven brilliant races in a mare's novice hurdle or something along those lines. Um so I was a bit disappointed if, if that wasn't you, then feel free to uh put me right and edit that bit out. Have that, Lou. I vaguely remember it was. Was it? Hey, I think so. I think he's slagged, it slagged off his wrist. He yeah, hates his wrist. His that's why he's gone silent. No, um... <laughs> well, I, I
0: don't. I don't remember saying it, but it's a good line, so I'll, I'll claim it.
2: All oh, right, <laughs> edit, edit that out, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> The one that I really like is G, and I think she's massively overpriced at 8-1 to given her form this season. Um, she would have probably won the Solerina if she didn't tip up last time out and I know that Brandy Love jumped like a bit of a psychopath and would probably have won that herself by six or seven lengths if she could jump straight. But Grand I just loved her debut. Um, she sort of had that push-button acceleration that you love to see in a two-miler as soon as Brian Cooper said go, she was gone. Uh, she beat nothing, to be honest, um, and she probably hit the front far too soon um, under Paul Town in the grade one on her second start, but she wasn't beaten all that far by Mighty Potter, who a lot of people are seemingly sticking up for the Supreme now, and she was a length and, um, not a length and a half, she was three and a quarter lengths behind Free Freestripe Life, who ran a screamer to be second to Sir Gerhard. I think that form is like a lot stronger than the Solerina, where you've got a horse like Luna Display in third, and... Monister and in 4th. I just think Grand is massively overpriced and I think she would have won the last day. She's beaten half of these in bumpers. She beat Party Central and Brandy Love in the Grade 2 at last year's Dublin Racing Festival. And I think that 8-1 to one is a huge price for a mare who's got a cracking chance.
0: I like it, mate. A strong opinion in the Mare's Novice hurdle. Jimmy, you're going to back that up, mate.
1: Um, I I respect the case may for Grongy, but I I can't help but think Brandy Love would have won that grey three last time if she'd have jumped properly. Uh, Badly, badly out to her left at at most most hurdles. Um, And Allegri de just picked her up later on for jumping straight. Who would have known if Grongy had had picked him up? But I I can't get that run out out of the back of my head. If she'd have jumped straight and, and going around a track similar to Cheltenham, hopefully she doesn't jump that violently out to her left as much. Uh, but going left-handed, I think will suit her a lot more. Um, she jumped okay at, at Nace. Uh, there was a there was a mistake fairly early on, uh, but she she blitzed away from the field there. Um, she was third behind Grancy, but I just feel like Grancy was more experienced in comparison to Brandy Love at that time, and and possibly we um, were just finding the, finding the feet with Brandy Love in comparison to Grange. Uh And the, the, there's a there's a fair enough price comparison. 8 to about 100 to 30. There's a lot of red on Checker for Brandy Love, which wouldn't necessarily be a positive. Um, however, I think I'd be sticking with uh, um, Dino Blues, a horse that Adam mentioned yesterday. And Lewis, you're a little bit of a fan
0: of, aren't you? Yeah, mate, I think she's a right favourite. Uh, I think she's... Well, when I say she's a right favourite... <laughs> She probably isn't in basic form because she's only one of mayor's Maiden Hurdle, but I think she's created the best impression of this division currently. And I think she's the one with the most untapped potential. She'd probably be where I'd be leaning. Uh, Look, like we say, it's not a absolutely outstanding pick from me. I, I find it hard to have an opinion in. In this sort of race, and I, I, kind of wanted to try and find something clever down the betting, but I, I don't think there is anything. Uh, Dino Blue just won so easily at, at Clonmel, from from her stablemate La Prima Donna, who probably would have won at Limerick last time, had she stood up, you know. So she's not beaten, not beaten an absolute mug there, and just how how well she quickened and how well she, kind of knew her job when she was asked to quicken. Was ridiculous. She, it was like she didn't have a jockey on her. If you know what I mean, it was it was so breezy, how she pulled away from the last. Uh, she looks potentially, potentially very very good. You know, good pedigree, sister to Blue sari <laughs> Obviously, Mullins, Mullins usually has a stranglehold in this. Obviously, you know he's got the second fav. In, in Brandy Love as well, but if Brandy Love jumps how she did last time out she'll end up on the cheese wedges. Uh <laughs> it's and I can't I can't have a horse when a horse looked as straightforward and as good after their debut as Dino Blue, uh Brandy Love still having done so much wrong kind of worries me and I'd have a clear preference for JP's horse of the two of them. Uh What I thought might be half overpriced back in May's company would be the Royal Bond winner, Statuaire. And I know she has to give weight away here, as do a lot of them due to the frankly ridiculous penalty system uh, in this race. How you get penalised to win in any sort of black type race, even though it's a grade two, which is strange. So a listed winner would carry the same penalty as Statue despite Statue having won a grade one. Short that out, it makes it a silly race. Uh, but look, you know, she won won twice in the summer at Downpatrick and Wexford, those breeding grounds of champions as put the kettle on has told us. Uh, <laughs> and and probably somewhat fortunate to win a messy, messy renewal of the Royal Bond. But she didn't really get the cleanest passage through either, you know. She was snatched up, turning for home, didn't jump two out very well. And she still got home, you know, strongest of all, really, you know, just overhauling. Well, my overhauling my mate, Mozzie. I know Mighty Potter didn't really get the the smoothest run through. Um, But I kind of thought she was worth marking up as well for that performance. Look, I don't think anyone expected her to go and win. At uh, sorry, at Leopardstown in the in the race, that's uh, the Tattersalls Island. Obviously heard a lot of that, Sir Gerhard one registered as a brave Inca. You know, behind Sir Gerhard, Freestyle Life, Colonel Mustard, my mate Muzzy in that. But they're they're generally better horses than what you'd expect to turn up. The vast major uh, in the vast majority of the field of this race, Dino Blue might be a bit special, but I don't think if you whacked Brandy Love in that Grade One, I'd be shocked if she were, and Grongy to be fair, Mike, as much as I like the mayor, I think she's very, very uh, very easy to take to the way she goes about things, but could you realistically see them getting any closer than Statue Air did? I think it might be a bit of a stretch to say that, and she's a grade one winner who's 20-1 to one to win the Mayor's novice hurdle, a grade one winner against the Gelbins. Uh, I think she's Quite severely overpriced because she, she won a messy a messy race, and that was at the start of the season. I think people have kind of forgotten it, but watch that race back. I think Statuary is is worth marking up as well as Mighty Potter. I really do. So she's one I'd also uh, have in mind from an each way perspective. Party Central won a handicap last time out. La Bell apparently going straight to entry. Impervious. Poss- possibly interesting I guess Cole Murphy's horse but I guess disappointing last time at, at Fairy House has had a long break uh, they're the two for me though it's not it's not a bad uh, strategy to go for in uh, in the Mayor's Derby Hurdle, back the Mullins favourite and back one of Mullins as outsiders each way
1: <laughs> exactly that, just a quick mention for uh, Nurse Susan and Love Envoy. Love Envoy and Nurse Susan face each other at Lingfield in that Mare's Million race um, and Love Envoy got the better of Nurse Susan. I think on better ground Nurse Susan had turned it round and I think she might hear. Um, we saw Love Envoy the speech bubble after smashing the second last in the in arguably one of the worst grade twos. Um, why it even is still a grade two I do not know. Um, but um, love Envoy did well to win that and I think there's a lot more to come from from Nurse Susan and at 20s I think could be a little bit of interest for me.
0: Fair enough mate, fair enough. Anything else on the Don for you Mike?
2: Uh, no, I'm just pretty keen on Grand G but I would probably agree with you, statuaire's overpriced
0: Yes, come on, it, work- it works back Mullins as outside as it works
2: uh, I right, if you want to back a Mullins outsider, surely you'd want to be back in uh, sixty-six to one or fifty to one. de Desai, you, you've gone too short with your twenties.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're spot on with that as well. You're spot on. Uh, moving on to the final race then of the Thursday at the Cheltenham Festival, it is the Kim Muir handicap chase for amateur Jump. Andy bet for it. Nine to two frontal assault, eight to one smoking gun. Ten to one, eight night of shame. Twelve school by hours. Fourteens, D.L. Kerr, Fakir Delaine, Mr. Fogpatch's Omar Moretti. Sixteens, Cat Tiger, Champagne Platinum, Jericho Rock, Glenn Law on his fourth attempt at being a Kim Mewa plot job, Grand Paradis, Mr. Coffee, and Oscar Elite. Let's pretend it didn't take me three takes to read the Kim Mewa Prices out, boys. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you first, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Any such idea of who will win this?
2: Um, I was pretty keen on Frontal Assault before David Jennings ruined the price. Um, I took some of the 12s, and then I was like, all oh, right, let's go find some uh, horses to put in multiples with him. Woke up, he was like 7-1 the next day, so I give up. Um, I still think he's the likeliest winner. I think Rob James is going to claim 7. He did that on Milan Native. Um, Milan Native was a second on the, in the exact same fairy house race. Um, that Frontal Assault was second in. Obviously, Milan Native was beaten by Alaho, and Frontal Assault was beaten by Bag of Hammers Fleur. But I still think Frontal Assault has an absolutely cracking chance. He's been campaigned very similarly to Milan Native um, in the fact that he won over further. Um, he was like a dual three-mile hurdle winner, um, and he's not been campaigned over two-mile five over fences. So I think he's he's an obvious plot horse for this, for connections who tend to have one lined up. Um, the same could be said for D.L. Kerr, maybe, for Noel Mead and Jiggins Town. I thought that he was relatively well handicapped, considering, like, he was second to Jungle Boogie. He ran behind Bob Ollinger and Farouk Delane. He was fourth in a Fiestes, and his chase mark's like £13 lower than his hurdles mark. I thought that was quite generous. Um, Jericho Rock I quite liked as well. I think he's probably more likely to run here, because he won't get in the ultima. He's banged his head against the wall and bumped into one a couple of times. Um, My shortlist is quite long for this one. I'm sorry in advance. Um, (laughs) Commodore, I feel like he's getting saved for this after winning over course and distance by 15 lengths last time out and getting put up £9. And I feel like Oscar Elite's well handicapped as well. But he's a Tizard horse, so Jim's probably going to fancy him. And I'll just let Jim make the case. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, you going to make the case, Watson? You're not too far wrong. Um, <laughs> you,
2: you saw his
1: staying, chase, uh, staying performances over hurdles last year, second in the Albert Bartlett, third behind the Hoy Senor and Brave Man's game in the in the Sefton. Um, and and, and I've, I've, I feel like I repeat myself about him every time I put him up. He would have won that novice chase at Cheltenham early season. Um he was disappointing on good ground at Huntingdon, which he won't have enjoyed. Um, he was fourth when I think he broke a blood vessel uh, in the dipper. And then he, he he was looking like he was running somewhat of a race at Cheltenham last time over 2-4. Um, I, I don't think he wants 2-4 at all now. Uh, but stepping him up in trip, this is exactly what he wants. Bit of soft ground. Um, maybe Freddie might be cleaning in. I, I don't know officially of yet. Um, but I, I think Oscar Elite, he worked with Lost the other day and looked pretty impressive, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing Oscar Elite out and at 16-1, to 1. if he gets in, um, I think he'll have a, an outstanding chance, in fact, I think he might even be a short 12 now in a few places, he's, can he still get 16s about him? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Two firms. So, I, I think if he gets in the race, I think he's got an outstanding chance.
2: Fair enough, mate. Fair enough.
0: I think I think I fell off the uh, Oscar Elite bandwagon after his last run, and I was so 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 keen on him, and he ran fairly flat. Look, I think Frontal Assault is a likely winner of the race. He's a right favourite. He's forming uh, beginners chasers this season. Reads really well, you know. I I was keen on Fleur for this before he got handicapped out of it. Beat him by half a length last time. Good efforts over. Chip's probably short of short of his best. You know, one one a a real slog over three miles on heavy ground, a grade three novice hurdle last season. Uh, for connections that do well with this sort of horse in this race, can completely see why he's fav. Uh, Ninety two short enough for a horse in the Kim Muralong. and I, I always want to find alternatives. One of them is one that Mike mentioned, Jericho Rock, who I assume the plan was to be an ultimate horse, given his connections, but as Mike said, probably unlikely to get in off that off 1-3-3. May need a little bit of a helping hand to get in this as well, but I'd I'd, I'd say it's defi- a definite possibility, and as you say, he just kept bumping into to well-handicapped animals, hasn't he? Beaten half a length by Pat's fancy, a length and a quarter by St. Palais. then runner-up on only his fourth start, in the classic chase form, which has been well franked by the winner of Claire Surf, his brilliant in the Eider last time out, this horse is bound to win a good handicap if he stays up, off low 130s mark. He's just got that ability, and he seems straightforward and solid and consistent. Should cope well with the demands of the Kim Muir. Uh, I think he's a very likable type, the sort who is gonna, you know, I hate to bring it up, but you know, as an eight nine year old. Jericho Rock will be the sort of horse who's going to be contending for Grand Nationals, isn't he? You know, he's.
2: Yeah. You'd like to think so. He's
1: your like early on Rouge 2.0. Yeah, and
0: he's. I, I, don't, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet over Fenters, and what we have seen of him has been quite good. You know, he's, I, he's for connection to do best with, with uh, staying handicap chasers, really, don't they? And. Um, I'm very keen on him, to be fair, to at least go well at a quite nice price of 16 to 1. You know, I, in fact, Pipe's got an all right record in this as well, hasn't he? <laughs> that being said, both times he's won it have been with Jamie Codd in the saddle, on a, with the Junior in the package. But they were both, you know, horses who ended up kind of being above Kim Muir quality. I know the package actually was probably having a little bit of an Indian summer when he won it. But uh, Jericho walks very much in the sort of mould of Junior. Just hope he can have a bit more longevity and consistency than, than that one. Uh, the other ones I were going to give mentions to, Mr Fogpatch is one of the most consistent handicap chasers in training, and I'd prefer him in a King Muir than a Ultima because I think he wants as much of a stand in a test as possible. Place Pretty Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Placed in the uh, the Fiestes again last season. He's edged up the weights to 140 now, but he deserves to be rated that highly. Just mad consistent, isn't he? Placed in a Scottish national. Then he won the big staying chase at the Punchestown Festival. This season he's been placed in the Cork National, the Troy Town, uh, in a grade three here in December, and then again in the Fiestes. Belting record to have set up. Doesn't want a bad race, very little to prove in this sort of contest. 140 is a fair mark, should be competitive. Uh and the other one I'd happily give a mention to is Clum on Teddy. I think the ultima is plan A, but again one three seven may not see him in. He's another horse representing the dipper form. Won a decent novice handicap on chasing debut at Yatoxia from Fernhill. Narrowly beaten by Omar Moretti who's again well enough fancied for this very unexposed horse from the Alex Hales Yard at Newcastle last time. Hurdles form sees him possibly ahead of this mark. I know he was actually rated lower. Uh, well, rated the same over Hurdles, but he was going the right way and, you know, third in the attempts last year, sixth in a similar race at the at the Grand National meeting. That's good form. I, I I'm certain, had he stayed over hurdles for another season, he'd have been rated higher than one three seven, And therefore, I think, thrown into a big open handicap chase, the sort of races he thrived in as a hurdler. Uh, that That's the sort of circumstances that will see him improve on his mark. And maybe I'm an absolute lunatic. Uh, but the horse I was keenest on for this race last season, and they didn't run him, was the Mighty Don, who's 66 to 1. I know, do you know what, the the laughs are deserved, the laughs are deserved, because it's the mighty Don, but that second to Jarlarenke, would again see him go close-ish here, rated 135, he's one of the worst jumpers in the world, Uh, (laughs) but his best form all comes at Cheltenham, and the slower the race, the more the stamina test. The better he is, he's beat, you know, he's still a well handicapped enough horse on, on bits of his best form. Uh, Ran Happy go lucky close, you know, last season over, over course and distance. Beat Enrillo at Chepstow. You know, there's, there's definite ability in the mighty don on his day. And if he's off the bridle for two and a half miles and plods on into 4-4-5th, I would class that as a result at 66-1. to one. He shouldn't yep. have had him in a national hunt chase here because he's so, so awkward that meeting better horses just finds him out. But in this sort of big field event where there's a little bit of carnage, you know, likely a bit of carnage and, and rough and readiness and scrimmaging around. The fact that Mattydon is just going to be scubbed and scubbed and scubbed, I think he's, he's kind of what's easing to best effect. Yeah, um,
1: Interesting point you made about come on Teddy, Lou. I, 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 I fancied him. I, I think he's got more of a chance in this. His jumping has really let me down so far. I know he won, and then he, but he's, he's second to that Omar Moretti that you were talking about. He jumped horrendously, and he still did so well to finish so close to him.
0: Yeah, look, there, there, are, there are a couple of unexposed Irish types toward the top of the betting who probably also merit mentions. Ain't that a shame placed in three beginner chasers behind Statler uh Galapande Champ and Champagne Platinum first time in a handicap over fences, very lightly raced hurdler. He goes in off one four four. And I love Fikir Delane's performance when he won at Furless at the back end of January where he beat Donkeyers. Uh, he had Rob James on board that day in fact. Uh bold good attacking jumping from the front and the runner up who since ran well in that big handicap at uh, Leopardstown over the weekend behind Discordantly Le- had every chance to go past him, loomed up, and Fakir Delane wanted to win, drowned it out. He was quite well supported for the uh, Leopardstown handicap chase at the D R F last time. Ran a little bit down the field, but that was a, that was a quick turnout, and I think he'll be a three miler. <laughs> he's not as hidden in the market as I was expecting or hoping him for him to be. I mean, he's a Gordon Elliott horse owned by owned by the Moran. So. Maybe I was a little bit optimistic in that, but he's he's a really a, a really pleasant horse, and a, I think he wants three miles. So I, I wouldn't fully discount him. Albeit, I would say one four four is stiff on what he's currently achieved.
1: Yeah, that's, I think we've covered nearly every horse in the Kimio.
0: Is it, you know what, mate? It was it was a race going into it. If you'd have asked me three hours ago, who would you like for Kimio? I'd have said nothing. And I've made cases for about six of them. Maybe <coughs> that's the exact same as liking nothing. we <laughs> finally through it all, though. Uh, we'll start with you then, Jim, for your nap, next best and third best selection.
1: Now, now, are you going to have a little paddy? Because I'm going to nap Bob Ollinger. And I know what you're like with me, napping favourites, who probably turn up to be odds-on, but... I think he's got the best chance of, of the whole of Thursday. Um, next best will be Oscar Lee in the Kimmyo, if he gets in. And third best uh, will be a horse that me and Mike have agreed on a fair amount. He's Honest Vic in the Potemps.
0: Christ, Honest Vic in the Nap, pub, I wouldn't have thought that, mate. Uh, Mike, your three selections, please, pal. Uh,
2: the Nap will be Frontal Assault in the Kim Um I was. Waffling on and on about him, but I got a little bit distracted because Inter Milan scored an absolute worldie against Liverpool, and I'm watching that side by side. I had to turn my phone around just so I could carry on speaking. Um, awful at multitasking. The next best would be Grongi, and the third best, probably Burley. Um Probably have him maybe 75-25 over Honest Vic. I just can't see him out of the first three at all.
0: Fair enough, mate, fair enough. Oh, God, I'm struggling here because these handicaps are going to be races where I'll play a couple. And I don't have a strong enough opinion, really, in the mayor's hurdle or the or the stairs. Uh If Jim's allowed to nap Baboja, I'm going to nap Aloha. He's,
2: he's <laughs> oh, me. that's worse. You can get I left floor. the odds on on purpose.
0: I normally would, me. I normally would, but I know if I'm that dumb boy. uh, He won't get in. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Uh, Do you know what? Can I next best them both? Because I think they'll both be in the first five. Well, or the first four. I think they'll be the one, too. Come on. We'll have that. (laughs) Next best is a forecast. Christ. (laughs) Uh, No, look, I, I am more keen on the pair of them than I am in. Anything else in the handicaps? A third best end go on, Dino blue. In the Mayor's Novice hurdle. Oh, I also think statuaire each way. Is <laughs> It's that sort of day, though, isn't it?
1: Lewis is going to have about seven hundred bets going into each day.
0: Is <laughs> that sort of day? The bottom half is the bottom half of this race is a sort of this day's is a sort of one where I want to be having a couple of darts in it. I think I've. I'm only I'm only gonna have one bet in the Coral Cup, one bet in the Ultima. Stick with me two in the Potence, but I, I think the, the the races later on the card are are uh, worth having a few doubts out. think Queen would be the number one for the play though. Uh Mike, your keenest fancies
2: for the other days, mate? In the Ultima I quite like Cora Um He's won on the old course before. It's, again, I just really like backing horses that have got that sort of profile that have run at Cheltenham before um you always need an English horse in the Ultima as well I'm sort of hoping that they put some sort of headgear on him um I think the editor de G is quite overpriced for the grand annual I think they'd be mental to go for the champion chase um he's not going to win that is he he's not even going to finish in the first six he's not going to beat an ergamine into the lead um Grand Annual just looks tailor-made for him. He's still clearly improving in the handicap. He's up to a mark of 153, but Niall Houlihan can still take five off him. Beat Cheddleton four lengths last time out, and um, his trainer thought he was good enough to run in the game spirit, so surely he's good enough to win a Grand Annual off what would effectively be 150. Um, And then the shorties in the grade ones, I think Run Wild Fred should probably be a bit shorter. Um, And I'll leave it at that, because I don't want to get carried away.
0: No worries, mate. It's always been a pleasure to have you with us, mate. Uh, really enjoyed recording with you, pal, and uh, hopefully there's some winners. There's, there's some really interesting shouts in there from you, bud.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you getting me on. I've uh, I've been a bit desperate to get some uh, podcast action this Cheltenham season, but uh, me and Harry, I was a sort of stopped um, for the time being. Uh, He's got some writing opportunities for the Winners' Enclosure, so I've started doing a bit of writing by myself, and that's sort of filled the Cheltenham void for me. But, uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to join you on this.
0: Great to have you with us, mate. Uh, Jim, also great to have you with us. Oh,
1: thank you. It means an awful lot. And (laughs) and the hall's nearly over, Lewis. There's there's one more day to go, and we've got an excellent guest to to fulfil the last day.
0: Yep, I can have my life back soon. We can't wait. (laughs) And we do enjoy doing it, really. Uh, Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, Thanks to Mike and James for being here. Uh, Thanks to everyone for their continued support, and we'll see you all again soon.
1: Take care. See, See you soon. Stay safe.